0: Welcome back to Last Night Recap, the podcast that takes the EMEA and America's Apple chat and recaps them in a serious but not way. I'm your host, Martin Kutz, and I am joined as ever by my friends and colleagues, Mr. Johan Anderson. Hello, Johan.
1: Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Yes, yeah, it's, it's getting good here, I think. Um, I'm in, not in between jobs, I'm actually holding two jobs at the moment. Yeah. So it's an exciting time. I will, I will tell you you guys know, but I will tell later
0: when it's more official. I think, yes, I think um, that will be a, an exciting bit of news for you to share. I was going to ask if you had anything new, but um, it's certainly a bit of an exciting time for you coming up. Um, how, are you, how are you, not giving too much away, how are you feeling?
1: Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. But it's, um, it's an area where it, uh, it's a challenge, actually, okay. which is cool.
0: Yeah, and we'll maybe come to we'll maybe come to, to Matt's question later. It could be something that's tying in with the um the question with Matt that we have coming up with later. But I think rather than talk about questions with Matt, because we know he doesn't like that, let's hear it from the man himself. The evening <laughs> Mr. Dullen. Hello Martin, how are you? I'm fine, buddy. How are things? Oh very good,
2: very good. Yeah, it's just uh Johan oh, just before we went on air, just Trying to take a couple of days away from work, just um, you know, just de tech a bit and, and de stress, which has been nice. So,
0: long weekend over here in the UK. Was I was going to say, had, have you done you have the day
2: off today as well, Mark? Yeah, I've had the day off today. Sure. Yeah,
0: that's uh, we uh, we went to see finally got to go and see Avengers Endgame. So, my uh, my geekness was in full overdrive. Uh, <laughs> I didn't quite, I had a Captain America mask on earlier. I didn't quite wear that, but I did go in my Captain America hoodie. So oh, I was feeling nice. appropriately attired. Is good.
3: that for later on then? Huh? <laughs> it is. It's,
0: uh, it's uh, shields up. And just with that, we can hear our final co host who needs no introduction.
3: Ooh. Good evening, Mr. Kurt. Good evening, everybody
0: how my well, how are you doing i'm good yeah i'm good i've i've had a good day but i think the the most pressing question that we have at the start of our podcast, as we always do, is hashtag WaynessCurt. So, guys, we're going to have our, our questions as always. I think we're going to start with uh, beauty rather than age. So, uh, Johan, do you want to go first?
3: Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, That was tricky.
0: <laughs> I, I know. I, I listen, listen to that. Ooh, what way is he going? Is he going um, left? Twisting and right? turning. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, um... I'll
3: tell you, I'm not at home.
1: Okay, cool. Um, that matters a thing. Okay. Does this city
3: have a, a river? Oh, I think so. I don't really know anything about this city.
1: Ooh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. It's going to be a short one. Wow. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it
1: has know. a river. It, it looks know, like it has the, a river. You know the name of the city. I yeah. know the name of the city.
3: <laughs> yeah. Because that Hopefully was the airport. It was really is. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes, yes. It, it looks like there's, a, there's a, a North Canadian river going through the city. Ooh,
0: ooh, Matt. Uh, Google, Google, Google.
3: Uh, is, is, <laughs> yeah. That, has
2: there been a musical uh, named after this uh, this place? Oh, not
0: that I know of. Okay. Really? <laughs> <What do you laughs> mean? There question. has been. Yeah. Uh, there has there been a song from a musical?
3: Oh, that could be. Yes, yes, that could
0: be. Are you where the wind comes sailing through the plains? Ooh, no,
3: I don't think so. I'm in the middle of the country. You you are. It's, it, that's, it, where where you are is <laughs> where the... It's, right.
0: This is where my other geekiness is coming in. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sailing that's through that's, the yeah, plains. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I didn't know. Well, a, <laughs> what, what musical is that? Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> He's Belgian, <laughs> so yeah, just let him to... be, to... be. I was going to say, Kurt's knowledge for Hashtag Weirdest Kurt is seriously flawed this <laughs> week. <but yeah. laughs> the, the worry is he's the one person who should know where Kurt is. should know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt, you're in Oklahoma. Uh, is it just today? Is it this week? Is it over the next couple of days? Over
3: the next couple of days, and then I'll be back home good
0: that sounds good so rather than you tell us uh, your knowledge all about a city which you have none of, um how about you tell i'm out of my comfort
3: zone is... you are so <laughs> let's
0: put you back into your comfort zone and have you tell everybody who's listening what's coming up this year uh, on this week's show
3: well on the American side it was all about digital portfolios officially it was amplifying student voice and ownership through digital portfolios um and that was hosted by sarah malchow and tracy piltz and then um you guys were busy, um, if I can go on that one too. Yeah. Um, that was Bronwyn Desjardins and Rachel Smith. And they talked about everyone can create in uh, language learning. They did indeed. Yeah, it was a busy chat. Mm-hmm. And then the hashtag of the week um, I would promote is share the learning. Hashtag share the learning.
0: Excellent. So it sounds like we've got a pretty packed show this week, guys. How about we get uh, kicking off with the... America's, uh, sorry, with the EMEA side of things. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Okay. better than,
3: uh, than my geography. Well, I was going to say it's better than <laughs> talking about a city that you don't really know a lot about, but we'll come back to- Or my musical knowledge. Which city was it then? Oh, Oklahoma? Oklahoma City. Okay. So I'm, I'm happy that I'm not alone. <laughs> Who doesn't know I just yeah. <laughs> wanted to check
1: one more time. So you knew where you were.
0: Yeah, don't worry, I won't sing anymore. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. If you are hearing my voice, then it means we are starting with the EMEA side of Apple Egy chat. And guys, this week we had a chat, as Kurt said, hosted by Rachel Smith and Bronwyn Desert then. Um, and I'm going to start with the tweet of the week. The tweet of the week comes from Andrew Farmer at Andrew Farmer 80. And this was in response to uh, question five, which was how does music enrich language learning? Um, So the tweet of the week, um, his response was in a task in which children had to retell a familiar story using a mode of communication suitable for different people, blind, deaf, so on and so forth. One of my students recorded herself wrapping the story of Cinderella in three different languages. I was gobsmacked. And the reason I I, I liked that one was I just loved the kind of the innovation that that child showed. um, Just to to take something like that and just, you know, wrap the story of Cinderella in three different languages. Um, I think that's just awesome.
3: Pretty impressive. (laughs) It was pretty impressive if it was just one language already. Yeah. Uh, um, Yeah. Yeah. In three different ones.
0: Absolutely. And three different ones. So it was, it was really, it was really interesting. There was quite a, I don't know about you guys. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Kurt and Johan, you guys both speak more than one language, so this is probably an area for you. I don't really speak any other languages. Um, you know, the, you know, I can get all stupid and say that I code, and that's a language, but I don't. I don't speak a. a li- I, I'm not a linguist. I don't speak any language. Struggle languages. with the Scottish language. I do struggle. I struggle. with, <laughs> I struggle with basic English, and I was down at. A, I was down at a wedding at my. uh at my cousin's down in Glasgow at the weekend. So if I am a little. Um, if I'm if I'm a little broader than i usually am i apologize it's because i've spent three days with my uh, with my relatives who are much more um they're much broader with their glasgow accents than i am but
3: uh, i but think yeah, that's some... the interesting thing when you go back to your um like family then you start talking with a little bit of a dialect and you pick it up immediately yeah you know, it... about language learning yeah, it was. Um, what was quite interesting as
0: well was the groom is Irish, and a lot of his family were over from Ireland. Um, and he's quite a he's, he's 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 quite a good speaker. He's got quite a good um, he's got quite a good cadence, and quite you can always understand him. But when he had his family there, you could not understand him at all. He was just talking at two hundred miles an hour. So it was quite it was quite interesting to see that dynamic change as well. But um, going back to, to this chat, as I say, the, the question that I picked out this week, uh, just to mix it up a bit, Kurt, I went with question five. I'm not sure if you've went with. Yeah. I we haven't had a five with...
3: for a while, mate? No, that's, no. What, I was, that's
2: no. what I was thinking. Sure.
3: That, well, means Matt, was... that means you like finally stuck to the end of the chat. That means actually, I actually started at, <laughs> actually started at six this time and worked my way back
0: um sorry i I was the first one that came by yeah so it was it was it was yeah it didn't take long to find it so there were actually some there were actually some really good answers so as i say rachel's question was and it was actually both of them it was just rachel was tweeting them out she was saying how does music enrich language learning and uh, if we start with miriam uh the friend last week's interviewee mercy walsh she said, listening to popular songs adapted into foreign languages can actually be a very interesting journey into discovering different versions of your favourite song whilst adopting some new phrases in other languages. Then Bronman herself uh, responded, she says, music is the expression of the heart and soul. That's a deep answer. Right. It, yeah, it moves everyone. By linking music with language learning, one taps into important learning pathways Think nursery rhymes of your youth. Music is magic. And if we think about Matt's jingles that he's done for questions with Matt, we all know <laughs> that that is an expression of his heart and soul. Um, and I think we all know that, that, sh- uh, that Matt's soul is screaming out for help,
3: it would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> <worm>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey Matt, I'm, we let him. We let him host, so we, uh, we have to take that one. I'm <laughs> just playing.
0: Uh, then Sorry Lanto uh, re- uh, responded with hers, which was: music and lyrics make it easier to learn and remember vocab and also grammar, how words are used in sentences. It's also great for learning pronunciation. I love that answer. I thought that was a, a great one. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty funny when you if you have PV. Uh, football you know no american football yeah and the young young guys and you know they're they're not really interesting in learning things so you know the even the linemen they sing where the the a gap and the b gap and the first but how to you know block so they have songs even you know in american football which, which is the most uh, what do you say, manly, manly sport you can have. So they sing to remember, which is pretty cool.
0: As we, alienate, as we alienate the rugby fans. All that's of a our, bold our statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, maybe they do it in
1: rugby as well. I don't know. <laughs> so, which uh, I find it pretty cool anyways, uh, because it sticks and uh, almost
3: anyone can do it. And uh, Yeah. A lot of times it's all around us. I mean, walking in the street, walking into a store, music is always playing. I yeah. grew up, first thing in, in, in the house was music in the morning. Um, uh, coming from a non-English speaking country, um, I think most of my English came from um, listening to the radio at that time um, and and television. And and again, music shows. Um, I also remember playing Buzz. Um, that that game show on uh, PlayStation where you had to oh, like, yeah. listen to music oh yeah yeah um yeah. but i remember very specifically um a teacher who was teaching at a, a vocational school uh, teaching people who want to become hairdressers um how to use uh french lyrics and and what she loved about it is music is always up to date it talks about things that are happening with the world um in at this time but well, you can also go back and she's like i can do grammar spelling with all those things mm-hmm. um having mm-hmm. a subscription to a spotify or an or an apple music gives you access to a big big library of resources for language teachers
0: absolutely even you know even just taking it as a as a literacy kind of exercise you know composing song lyrics and sort of writing song lyrics is a great exercise, especially if you take, you know, you take a book that the kids are reading, and you say, right, compose, compose a chapter or compose a theme from this into a song. You don't have to worry about the the musical side of it. You don't actually have to worry about the chords and that that, but just get the lyrics down, and that can be a great way sometimes even to structure it and to look at sentence structure and how it all goes together. So yeah, absolutely. I, okay. I,
2: what about like culture though and and history and you know you, you can you can learn so much from exploring music in different ways and, absolutely you know what what stories do they tell because fundamentally you know any any song really is a story of something we've we've talked about storytelling before yeah. on different shows and stuff, but it's such yeah. an important way to to put that across and I think with music it just um you know again we've talked about dual coding as well and and this kind of idea of of the brain being able to Get the information and store it in, in different ways, and then having rhythm and beats, and all those sorts of things, along with words, just it's a lot easier to recall it. I remember doing, you know, re- revising for exams in the past, and I would always have music on, and then mm-hmm. I would recall mm-hmm. what I was reading by singing the song in my head during the exam, and I would just think, "Oh yeah, I remember what I was re- reading" whilst I was listening to this song, and I'd just recall it quite easily. I That's just, why the uh, jingles are so good. That must be why the jingles are so good. That's exactly (laughs) it.
1: Yeah. But I'm thinking as well, like bridging between people that are from different uh, parts of the world. We were doing a bit of fun with the, you know, the Disney, all the Disney things. And then you call from, for example, from Sweden to Spain. And we have this Disney theme with all the different songs. and And the children were singing in Spanish, and then they were teaching to the Swedish kid, and the other way around. But everyone knew the song already, because it was already there, which was pretty cool. And they just did it for fun, and I like that.
2: That's how, I, yeah. how. many, how many people uh, you know that I have met in my in my travels around Europe that speak with an American accent? And when yeah. you ask them, it's because they've learned music um, and learned how to speak through listening to songs and words that they've learned in songs and you
0: know it's not just music obviously Netflix and stuff like that. Right? Yeah I mean but there's yeah the, the, the sort of the influx of television has a has a big big part yeah. to play but yeah I mean I totally agree about the music I mean one of the, the things that springs to mind is um, the a, a few years ago we had the last night in Amsterdam where we had the UK side and the rest of Europe side. And they would start singing, you know, I think it was Beatles songs that they were singing, um, but they were singing them in their native languages. But the, the tune was the same. So we we actually, I don't know if you remember, Matt, we had this this kind of, Johan, you were there as well. Um, we had this two sides of the room that were singing the same song in different languages, but we were at the same beat but at the same time because we knew the we knew the tune, we knew the music, we knew what the um we knew what the rhythm of it was as we were going along. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a great uh it's a great great way for for people to learn um and to comprehend. And it's it actually takes me to one of the other answers I want to um, draw attention to. This is from Rosius Han uh, at Rosius Han on. They say a song with a powerful text can replace a text for reading comprehension. It is a way to appeal to different interests and learning profiles. Um, Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. What is the text about? It's kind of a poetry, but then to music. And I just thought that was a, a kind of a, a, a great, that just ties in with exactly what we were talking about there. So there was a lot I've, of, uh,
3: yeah. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that walking into a store and thinking, I think I know this song, but someone did a different arrangement, say, um a pop song got like a hip hop Mm -hmm. version. Mm -hmm. So you're starting to recognize the text. Um, What it does for me is that I really have to listen to what they're saying um, to start to remember the the song that comes with it. And just like Matt said, then you you hear the rhythm. um, And I I think for language learning, that's what happens too. Um, You really start to listen to the text um, and the placement of the words even just taking lyrics and and turning them into poetry i mean last month was all about poetry month mm-hmm. um having things uh music to go with that um let's say garage band and and having those japanese and chinese instruments in it where you would in in european setting never be able to um play with them unless you have someone um from from around there So bringing that and pulling that under like a haiku poem, um, I think that could help you with both language learning and your musical skills. Absolutely. Absolutely. As always, uh, guys, we could, it's quite clear that
0: we could sit here and talk about these answers uh, for, for absolutely ages. Um, Again, as if you're wanting to, if you're wanting to find the recap of this, Miriam is, um, Miriam has shared it on her Twitter and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Guys, is there anything else that you want to add to that? We've been talking about how music is sort of this great equaliser and can bridge understanding. Is there anything else that we're wanting to, to add that wasn't already said very well in the, in the chat? It's,
3: it's something that goes on, so I, I think the chat was, everyone had an opinion about it. I think it's because music is so close to the heart
0: I think so. I think so. I think with just music and language all all sort of playing a part together, it was it's it everyone everyone has you know, there's a there's an equal song, there's an equal everyone has their own tastes and their own way of interpreting how it is as well. So yeah, it's definitely something that's gonna keep going and going. Okay guys, thanks for your thoughts on that. Um and I think we'll when we come back we're gonna hear from Kurt and you've got all of your information about the Americas chat. Sound yeah, good? Yeah, portfolios. Awesome. See you Coming in a bit.
3: Out. Welcome to the Americas Chat. Uh, busy chat this week, all about portfolios, and that was done by Tracy Pilts and Sarah Malchow. And um, I'll start with the chat of the or the, well, the tweet of the week that came from Amanda Mask, who is um, at Unmasked um, Ed, and um, she said, "Sometimes learners have a final product, and sometimes they share their learning process." This may include por- uh, photos, artifacts created um, in Apple apps. Um, but most often learners include a reflection, which is powerful in making deeper connections. And I picked that one out because I really like that a portfolio does not have to be an end result. It could be the process, but it could be the reflection. And, and hopefully, it's a mix of those. Um, the question that came out, and I, I did scroll through the whole chat and followed it along, um, uh-huh. And it was I, I saw question two coming, and then I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick question two. And then question three came, and there was a lot of responses. So I thought, yes, it's, that's the one. And then I finally went with question four, um, which is what types of artifacts or work are shared in your students' digital portfolios? And they were asked to share an example or a link. <laughs> and that summarized a little bit what was happening before where apps like Seesaw or Pages were mentioned. And I'll pull out a few of those uh, responses. Heidi Samuelson, who was um, at Swamp Frog First. Um, wow. It's, it's all about funny uh, Twitter handles tonight. <laughs> it um, does students, that students, Yeah. yeah. Uh, we need to step up a little bit. Um, students uh, use iPad apps to smash together projects to hashtag share the learning um, for math concepts. Um, exceptions are listed. Possible apps are shared. Students choose how they want to show what they know, and final projects are uploaded to the seesaw journals. Um, Lucas Johnson, who was uh, Lucas J underscore, um, said, "I have supported an- instructors who have used iMovie on iPad for digital storytelling and then shared via YouTube or Google Drive um, as a portfolio." Um, the other one was Nikki Vrandenberg, NBCT. Um, And she said, I think videos created with apps like Chatterpix or Doing Green Screen, um, give a nice, well-rounded picture of what students have learned. And um, they are fun to watch. And I'll pick the last one out um, before I go to you guys. and Because a lot of the templates were coming through, and I wanted to highlight a few of those. And um, Tamara, um, we've mentioned a few times before, has been sharing a lot of those templates. And that's at Tarragon 7. Um, she said, an example page from a digital portfolio template book made on pages. And we uh, use the Marzano research, which I thought for uh, for you guys, uh, Johan and Matt specifically. Um, she's talking about proficiency scales. Adding video reflections can be very powerful for right. ownership. Um, mm-hmm. With that, Matt, maybe can I hand it off to you? Because um, I think your students probably have to make portfolios to prove – um like growth in their teaching so yes
2: um but they they've never done them digitally so uh it's something that i've worked on with with a few of the the guys that join in the chat actually uh, scott han and, and sarah smart and sarah hawkins um and we we've, we've looked at using various different things we've used itunes U and started to have a look at pages as well and it, it works really, really easily for the students to be able to, like exactly you just said, video uh, reflections on what they're doing. And um, you know, we've had students just just film a couple of minutes of a lesson so that they can share it with us. So that you know, it's it's real reflection rather than sort of just a, a thought process back to what you did. Um, so yeah, it's 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 something that we need to do more in 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 teacher training. I think it's vital that that students have those sort of different opportunities to reflect and it's more than just a grade that they get. And the bizarre sort of question that you always have at the end of a, an observation saying, well, how do you think it went? It's the most bizarre thing in the world because no one ever tries to teach a bad lesson. So what are you expecting the response to be? You know? if yeah. They, if they mm-hmm. were doing something wrong. They hopefully would have changed it if they knew they were doing something wrong. So um yeah, I think it, it really supports the whole coaching and mentoring approach to, to development of, of teachers in the classroom.
3: What's your preferred way, Johan? Um, maybe even from like a dancing point of view, um, do you keep a portfolio as a dancer? Um, <clears throat> normally,
1: yes, with uh, different performances, um, both with videos and, uh, of course, photos. Um, and also ideas and, and other productions that you that you've done to show what you can do Uh, and it's quite important because um, you need to get that to a jury before for example because uh, normally you have very short window when you show yourself at an audition or something like that Mm -hmm. so it could be really helpful Um, I dabbled in iTunes U I use that but um, nowadays um, I use Pages or keynote uh, because then I can export it as so many things and it can still be interactive with videos and, and things like that. So you can, you can actually, if you have a keynote, you can make it into PDF. So then you lose of course videos and things like that, but you can also put it to uh, like micro- Microsoft formats or other stuff, yeah. which is really handy. Yeah, Uh, because not everyone uh, is on Keynote. Yeah,
2: my my son's doing. Um, he's he's doing Taekwondo at the moment, going through all his gradings, and he's he started to keep a portfolio of everything he's done, so he can look back at videos of patterns that he's had to learn, the language because he needs to learn Korean as well. And it's like we said before, it's it's not an end product. You know, he's still learning the whole time. But it's a nice way to sort of keep that going. So. Oh, nice. Uh, Is
1: he doing that in Keynote?
2: In Pages. Oh,
1: because I was, I was actually looking into, uh, because I've seen a couple of people and you guys as well, you've been using uh, numbers, in, you know, with the white. Just, yeah. yeah, as a canvas. As a canvas yeah. and, and then the different sheets or different uh, just tabs. And uh, i am looking into that actually to make it a more compact portfolio and you keep it in one uh, area. Yeah, because you don't have to scroll so much. So it's really talking I'm really about that, looking in that. Oh,
3: sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm um, talking about that. Sarah actually posted a resource, and before I come to you, Martin, I'm just gonna yeah. read that um, tweet. Um, Sarah said, "Here's a great resource from AtTech, Mr. Henderson, um, for tracking student reflection and map data ownership of learning numbers document, and uh, we'll add that to this um, uh, episode in the notes files." Um, but it's, an, it's a numbers file being shared for that. Um, we did one from the Joy Professional Learning to track uh, your learning journey as a, as a teacher. But I'm yeah. curious, Martin, what's your um, tool to go to for, for Portfolio? Yeah, if I'm doing any portfolio work, it is mostly just in pages.
0: It's um, it's an easy way for me to keep a track of what the of what the pupils are learning. So I'll set up either uh, the one that, that that is the easiest for us to do is if we're doing concepts and uh, coding. So any computational thinking, we have the pupils. Almost keep like a a journal of the, you know, going back to what Matt was saying about his son learning all the Taekwondo phrases and all of those types of things. There's a lot of phrases and um, sort of terminology that students need to know. Debugging, for example, what is a function, what is a command? So we have a a pages document that we use where the pupils will take a screenshot of their learning as they progress through Hello Byte or learn to code one in Swift Playgrounds. They'll enable the screenshot function. They can even add in a video of them completing the completing the various challenges and uh, also put in their own wording of the terminology. What is debugging? What is a command? What is a function? What is a loop? All of these types of things. And it's a way for them to reflect back and say, you know when they move on and they might do a different programming language so when they move up to the the senior school which is the the secondary school they might move into swift Uh, sorry they might move from swift to scratch but because they are they're still learning loops and commands and variables and all these types of things they'll have this resource that they can reflect back on
3: don't you guys just wish that iweb was back oh yeah totally (laughs) Totally. <laughs> For listeners who, who don't notice, this is um, early 2000s. Um, iWeb was Apple's tool to create websites. Because um, mm-hmm. I see specifically um, students who get older, middle school and up, um, having a website as a portfolio is really nice and you can keep building. Um, same with a book, but you would need to keep pushing that book publishing. And, and publishing. Book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. but uh,
1: If you use Viki, a Viki then you can um, use a website as well. Yeah. So you do, if you do wiki style, um, that is quite good because then you can scroll through and just have links in the left side.
3: Yeah. The same
1: as pages actually. So yeah, you so can do an interactive there as well.
3: I was looking cool. at how can we use Keynote maybe and, and have like a, a Keynote file that you publish or collaborate <laughs> on and see how can you turn that into a linked uh, presentation and turn that into a website. So uh, maybe some of the listeners out there who've been trying that um, could like send it over um, in a DM or at last night recap. Um, I and mean, then pro-
2: the problem with the collaborative keynote file at the moment is um, you can't add in files over a certain size. size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And then it just stops. Either you can't collaborate on it if it's got those files in it, or you can't yeah. add the files if you're collaborating. So,
3: so yeah. So a good solution, um, That's, that's in this case, um, I know Wix is not a solution because I talked to Luis Perez, and he said from an accessibility point of view, those websites are not accessible at all. So um, I would not (laughs) recommend using Wix um, for websites. Uh, To pick one more out uh, and another way of doing that, um, and I've I've had the chance to go to one of these conferences before. um, At a certain moment, they started... (sighs) using the hashtag, hashtag student-led conferences. And um, I thought that's an interesting way of showing learning and understanding. Mm-hmm. And um, an ADE in Mexico called Alberto Valdez, he runs um, – or he, he doesn't run it. It's his students who run a conference um, showing their knowledge. Um, and, and this is pre-service teachers, so I I thought that was a beautiful idea of doing that and showing – knowledge skills reflection on it um what do you guys think about student-led conferences yeah i think it's 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 a really powerful thing i think unfortunately i don't
2: know what what the culture's like where you guys are but the culture of pre-service teachers don't know anything yet so you know you come in you've got to get the experience before you have anything any time to share anything yeah that that was kind of how i was treated when i first went into teaching And, and when i was teaching i saw that with with newly qualified teachers in our department and i always thought well hang on these are the guys that are fresh you know they've probably had more up-to-date training than, than anyone here has had why aren't we listening to what they've got to offer and why do we put them down and say you're you know what do you know you're you've only been teaching for two months you know yeah so i, I think flipping it and giving them giving them a voice and and the things that you can learn from them and then it becomes a partnership doesn't it of, we can learn from them, and they can learn from us. So, um, yeah, and I yeah. expect
3: uh, pre-service teachers to have like uh, some new ideas. I mean, yeah. as someone who's been teaching for years, I, I would love to get some new ideas and take me Absolutely. out of the, out of my yeah. comfort zone. Yeah, um, and and to talk about comfort zone, um, I want to wrap this thing up by saying, don't just focus on an end product. Um, think about all the ways of capturing the learning through reflection, through the process, not just the product, and take yourself out of that comfort zone because then you can talk about learning. And with that, Matt, I think it's time for the question that you got from Rachel Smith this week.
2: It is, yeah. After when we come back, we'll uh, we will listen to the jingle first, though. So,
3: oh, hey. oh, excited,
2: really.
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to.
3: Questions with Matt. Ooh. Ooh! I think Matt found a royalty-free website. Just... I... <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was all made on the spot, actually. I'm, I'm freestyling it now. That's awesome,
3: the then and you're getting way better. You're getting <laughs> much faster. <laughs> Not plastic. to say that you were worse before. but after <laughs> <laughs> <to laughs> <capture laughs> your learning journey, that's really nice. Exactly, yeah. I'll put that well, in your I portfolio. i
2: that one to my portfolio of jingles. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Um, guys. Uh, yeah. So it's that part of the show. So questions, uh, questions with Matt, and um, we've had a caller send us in a question. So let's uh, let's hear from Rachel Smith.
1: Hello, gentlemen. This is Rachel Smith here at Lanks on uh, Twitter. I seem to have had a year in which I've been pushing myself beyond my comfort zone. And my next big challenge, I suppose, um, coming up is um, my very first triathlon. So I was wondering, what have you done recently that has pushed you out of your comfort zone? And why do you think it's important that educators do this either in their professional work or in their social lives? Thank you.
2: Okay, great. So challenges go big challenges. Martin, I'm going to chuck it out to you first. What have you done recently to push yourself out of your comfort zone? We were sort of talking about this at the start of the show, so I think people have had a chance to think. What what, what have
0: you done? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's been something very recently. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it because I can't but I can go into detail later but I've recently been pushed out of my comfort zone but I've had to look at um, hosting and websites and how all of that comes together and as someone who proclaims to be quite techie I've never really looked at how I host a website how I buy hosting how I look at all of these types of things and sort of bringing that together thinking about email and all this kind of stuff coming together that has just completely thrown me out of my comfort zone in a in a techie point of view um that yeah I I I don't really have an exciting answer for that you know I know people are always saying that they're doing like a a couch to 5k I even before it became disabled I could not do a 5k so there was no chance that that was ever going to be the case even after um yeah i really don't have an i a fun i, I well, mean i, do you know I suppose don't
2: force to, it because yeah. i feel like i've put you out of your comfort zone in just asking you the question <laughs>
0: i'm not <laughs> a good public speaker Matt, as you know i just <laughs> I, get, I, I i'm a bit too shy okay uh, johan yeah. Johan, where have you, you, know, <laughs> challenges
2: for you johan.
1: um yeah <clears throat> my new job actually will be a cha- challenge and um I'll tell you guys later what it's about, but it, it's actually something that I thought was really, really bad for a very long time. Right. And mm-hmm. it's still really bad. And I'm hopefully can do something to remedy that, but I don't really know, which is um, uh, a bit scary as well. Mm. But I think it's important uh, as teachers or learners or whoever to keep yourself outside your comfort zone just because that's where learning takes place uh number one uh, i guess and number two is to remind yourself of that feeling so you can actually understand other people that you need to help or need to guide and i think that's quite important that you you stretch yourself all the time yeah so that's why i think it's important um, I don't know. What do you what do you think? Um, uh, Matt, for example, I, I guess the jingles are really <laughs> big. So anything no. mu-
2: anything musical is way outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think wow. I I suppose you know what, there seems to be a theme here at the moment. I um and I can I can say, so there's no spoiler alerts here for me. I um have set up my own business and in a month's mm. time I will be going um part time doing that for myself and and that was a bit of a that was a huge step out of my comfort zone having been in education for so long and the sort of uh security so to speak of of being in a in a job where you're employed by someone to then step step out and do something on your own for me that was a, a huge thing but um
3: guys, not leaving
2: education no not leaving, not leaving. No, no, no. i'll be in university still three days a week um uh, which okay, I think cool. is important, but just two, two days a week just doing, doing my own thing. And... Guys,
1: can you imagine Matt being his own boss? What <laughs> arguments? <laughs> well, this, is, this is the Stop big
2: problem. My, no. wife says, my wife says yeah, I, exactly. end arguing, I end up arguing all the time. <laughs>
0: what are you doing? Get out of bed. Come on, you're never on time. <laughs> this is my section for talking, not
2: yours, Matt. Sorry, Matt. So, that, so what you haven't asked me is what, what, what I'm going to be doing those two days. I'm actually setting up a music school for um for people to create
0: jingles <laughs> <laughs> tone deaf children <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god Matt's tone deaf anyway, of so music. So, so, yeah. <laughs> nice to hear you give back to community i'm not
2: Matt's. why do you think it's important i just i you know what i i've always i've always thought that teachers need to do something that's different because it then makes you realize why you're good at what you do um And I took a secondment for six months uh, about six years ago, and that put me out of my comfort zone. Up to then, you know, teaching PE, it's just it was easy. It was what I knew. It was it was something I was comfortable doing. And then doing something different, working in a different way, public speaking, which which you know always fills me with dread. Just not my cup of tea. I don't like standing in front of people and talking, which is really bizarre. Um, but I think yeah. it's really important because it makes you realize what your skills are beyond mm-hmm. the job title. And, and I say that a lot to students now don't think of yourselves as teachers, think of yourselves as good communicators and problem solvers. And you're not a teacher, you are a set of skills that you apply to teaching, but you could also apply those same skills in, in a range of other ways as well. So, so I think it's good to realize those things.
0: Good answer. Nice.
2: There we go. Nice. <laughs> questions and answers in that. Kurt, over to you. We haven't heard from you. What about you in comfort zone? You, you you always seem to be doing radically different things from what I see of you on social
3: media. You know yeah.
2: many of those are out of your comfort zone and
3: actually um I I turned it into a habit to constantly be out of my comfort zone. Um I read a book a few years ago that was a comfort zone thing. Um, but uh, it was called My Iceberg Is Melting. Um, where it, where this, these penguins um, who have to figure out their iceberg is melting. So are they going to find a new iceberg and then keep doing the same things? Or are you going to stay fluid and keep looking um, for new opportunities? And that keep looking for new opportunities resonated with me. Um, so I, I keep doing things that push me out of that comfort zone i luckily i have a wife that does that uh, the whole time for me <laughs> uh, she'll, she'll sign us up for things like last week we had um every first friday in philadelphia um, in in the district where we live is um all the art galleries open up so you just go and see and i ended up in the in the first um fireman uh, department um in in a gallery where they were painting murals um, at the same time, Philly Tech Week was happening. So um, we we went in there because I, I get a lot of inspiration from different events. So the reward is instant. Um, and someone told me a good story once is that if you stay in your house and someone new moves in, you could say either, okay, there's new people. I don't mm-hmm. care. But the minute you go over and you ring that doorbell and someone opens up and says, hi um you are a changed person already and and that new experience i think as a teacher i think we have to give that message to our kids that it's okay to keep learning we talk about lifelong learning but if we are not um leading uh, that example then i don't think they'll pick it up that's good yeah that's a great yeah great answer
2: Cool. Guys, thank you so much for your input, um, and that that's it for questions from Matt. Guys, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, Martin, how can they leave us questions? Because
0: we love we love this audience interaction. So, what can they do? We do indeed. There's a few different ways that they can get in touch with us, Matt. They can get in touch with us via Twitter at Last Recap, and they can use the hashtag Questions with Matt. If you are listening to us right now using um, any type of podcast app, you can head over to the Anchor podcasting app where you can find the last night recap show there's a little button there that says leave a voice message just in the same way Rachel did you record your message we get a little notification and just like Rachel did this week your uh, your voice will be included in the show yeah
3: and it's not because Rachel already did a question that she cannot call again so absolutely not. Rachel
0: yeah we love repeat business yeah we... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right, thanks Matt for that Um, Guys, when we come back We're just going to look at the wrap up And a preview of next week Where we've got a few different things that we want to share Sound good? Sounds like a plan Great stuff Right, welcome to the part of the show We like to call Wrap Up Where luckily none of us rap Even though we spoke about music this week um, this is the the part of the show where we like to just look slightly into the future, and where we like to see what's coming up on the next Apple Edu chat. So, Kurt, do you want to let everybody know what's happening this week?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, starting with uh, EMEA, uh, I think I'll take that one yeah. uh, first because uh, that's one that that's the one that comes up on May seventh at eight p.m. BST. Um, it's all about everyone can create dot 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 in the classroom and it's um led by claire jones and alice nutt and then um at the americas we will be talking about let's get social and that's at 6 p.m pst and um this week we've got three hosts over here michelle schmitz uh, schmitz dr john albert and dr bill ziegler so um the doctors and michelle will help you out to get social
0: yeah, they'll be in, it sounds like. It sounds like uh, there's gonna be a few different things coming up. Um mm-hmm. as we've already said, we've obviously got the um the most important hashtag, which is hashtag questions with matt. We've told you how you can leave um you can leave a question. We are really, really interested to hear some of your um some of your questions that you've got for, you know, Matt and the rest of the guys here. The tweet of the week or the sorry, the hashtag of the week is uh hashtag share the learning so if you're wanting to share some stuff and share it in the form of a question we'd be very grateful for that wouldn't we matt very much so yeah yeah and if people are wanting to tweet at you directly how can they get in touch
2: so you can get in touch with me at uh at the jingle master
0: um... <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually way to twitter just now to see who that directs to <laughs> no, so so uh yeah i'm at matt6453 on no, twitter Excellent. And <laughs> uh, Kurt, how can people get in touch with you?
3: For me, that's um, at Mister Kurt M-W-E-S-T-E-R-K-U-R-T.
0: Okay, real-time follow-up. The at the Jingle Master is a fellow called Stephen Gallipo, um <laughs> who has zero following and zero followers. Wow. So <laughs> this guy... Just could... getting a few. Yeah, this, this guy could find his Twitter account just blowing up. <laughs> Good. Uh, Johan, we'll come to you in a second, because I know you've got your message you'd like to tell us about. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at mcoots81, that's C-O-U-T-T-S-8-1, and you can follow all of us, all of us at Last Recap. Johan, let's pass it over to you to finish up this week's episode. Cool.
1: Um, uh, You can find me at AndersonSSS underscore edu. And that's the finish. Like we always would like to, uh, we want to thank you for downloading this podcast. If you like the show, please rate us and review us. Listeners, comments and ratings keep us high in the rankings so that new listeners can find us. Be sure to find us at Last Recap on Twitter for more news
0: and podcasts. Martin. Yeah, great stuff. Guys, as Johannes just said, thank you so much for listening. Guys, thank you very much for being the co-hosts this week. Have a great week, and we'll see you all next time. Take
3: care all. See you. Bye. Bye. Adios.